It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Redskins. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks. You can find my work on Breaking Football and Breaking the Draft podcast with my co-host, John Valencia. Now, before we start today's segment, I just want to preface this with a little background here. I realize I have not been very fair with my assessment of Kirk Cousins on this podcast. I've mostly had a lot of people on here who are big Kirk supporters like me, who love his game, want to re-sign him, and I've yet to have the other point of view. I have yet to have the Never Kirks on here, the, the Kirk haters, if you must say what they are on Twitter. I have not had one of those people on here before, so today we are joined by the Redskins realist himself, Brandon Dorfman, to talk about Kirk Cousins. Now, we got the Kirk Hive supporter right here, and anti-Kirk, Never Kirk, Brandon. How's it going, Brandon? Doing good, doing good, Zach. Thanks for having me back on, man. I'm excited yeah. for this one. Yeah, of course, man. We had you on last time, and people were, were a little let down that we weren't talking Kirk because we are known for our two sides of this argument. Now, we don't really argue too much on Twitter when it comes to Kirk, but apparently we are known as Kirk Hive leader myself and and never Kirker that you are. <laughs> I like the never Kirk. I prefer the anti-Kirk myself. Anti-Kirk, never Kirk, yeah, anti-Kirk. Whatever you call it, no Kirk Cousins for you. So we're just going to start this off with a general assessment of Kirk Cousins in this play. So why are you an anti-Kirk guy? I am an anti-Kirk guy for many reasons. Mainly because we haven't been winning underneath of him. We've had a lot of empty stats. To me, franchise records are great. But when your franchise has been perennial crap, the last you know 20 years you want to say this is the best quarterback we've had in 20 years mm-hmm. well we've sucked for the last 20 years so yeah. him being the biggest fish in a small pond doesn't mean much to me you know he's not a bad quarterback i think he's top 10 top 15 you know depending on your stance on a couple of guys he can go up or down that ranking but just with the market price being what it is you know i'm trying to avoid that bubble this is a qb market bubble and i'm trying to avoid that you know it's a poison pill in my opinion i don't think he's worth being the top paid quarterback you know unfortunately there's times where guys you know performance and stats get outweighed um in certain factors you know fantasy football has swayed a lot of people's mind on what's a good quarterback people watch the stats and the fantasy numbers you don't realize that you know when a guy's playing from behind or he's getting these empty stats when we're throwing touchdowns in the last two minutes of games down two or three touchdowns which has happened you know a, a handful of the times at least in uh, Kirk's career. So for me, uh, it's the empty numbers, the lack of wins, and uh, now his pricing and refusing to accept a team-friendly deal. You know, I think it's just time for that divorce, man. I'm anti-Kirk, I guess. <laughs> See, I mean, at least, I think we can at least agree he's in that, like, top 10 to 15 range there because that's that's where I'd rank him, too. Now, I know I love Kirk, but come on, I'm not crazy. I'm not going to rank him as a top five, top six quarterback in the NFL. Well. And here's the um, before you continue on. Let mm-hmm. me just touch on this one point, Zach. A lot of people are saying this year he's top five, top ten. No. How many? How many top guys are out? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. How many yeah. top guys had significant injuries or uh, you know stuff like that around the league? Everyone wants to say our injuries. There's other team with twenty plus guys with injuries, but he might be top five this year statistically due to the fact that a lot of guys have been out or hurt. So yeah, he might be have a little inflation this year. But uh, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to get that point out because I keep seeing that around, and I'm like, this has been like the worst year for quarterback play. Deshaun Watson was still like up there in touchdowns like 
six weeks into his injury. Yeah, Kirk actually, this has actually been Kirk's, in my opinion, his worst of the last three years. And it definitely showed when, you know, he lost his 2,000-yard receivers. He did not have his offensive line this whole year. So just to kind of run through his general stats the last three years of a starter. 2015, his breakout year, the year that we all loved him, the year that, you know, he came in, he really took this team to the playoffs. And he was perhaps, he was probably a top-five quarterback in December that year, if you remember that year there. I mean, he finished the year with 69.6% completion percentage. 4,166 yards, 7.7 yards per attempt, 29 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Outstanding year there. I mean, again, the the end of that season was great. The playoff game was, again, something we can talk about a little bit here. But 67% completion percentage in 2016 for 4,917 yards, a franchise record, 8.1 yards per attempt, 25 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. And then this year, it was definitely a downtick in stats where you could you know, attribute that to a lot of different things, but 64.3% uh, completion percentage, 4,093 yards passing, 7.6 yards per attempt with 27 touchdowns and 13 picks. Now, the most interesting stat of all that, I know I just threw out a bunch of numbers at you guys, but his sack numbers have been fairly low for the first two, those first two years there, 26 and 23, which you know, I think it's about average, probably like top 15 in the NFL. This year, though, with a bunch of backup offensive linemen, do you know how high, how many times he got sacked this year? Yeah, I do know because I have the stats here in front of me too. And I'm looking. <laughs> he got stacked 41 times this year. Yep. So he uh, he definitely got swallowed. He swallowed the ball a bunch of times. Yeah, I mean, and what are you going to do with that back off the line? Now, again, this is my. I don't, I'm not trying to make excuses because I know every time you bring up injuries, you bring up losing his his top targets. You always get called you know, making excuses for this guy. But at the end of the day, sometimes they're just not excuses. They are actual reasons why you see a guy's play tamper off, why you see a guy's numbers tamper off. You know, how many quarterbacks in the NFL, if you take away their top two receiving targets from the year before, you take away their best overall player, who was Jordan Reed the year before, and then you take away their all-pro offensive lineman for half the season, how many guys are really going to put up 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, and get his team to seven wins, especially against a, a top five strength of schedule in the NFL? Well, let me just answer your question with this. You, uh... You kind of mentioned the stats thing. I kind of wanted to touch yeah. on that because yeah. for the Kirk Hive, that's the uh, that's the shining armor. It and uh, as the anti-Kirk, it's my job to put a chink in that shining <laughs> armor. So just to kind of address the stats that you mentioned, you kind of touched on everything. But just to summarize it for those who just want the brief summary without going over the numbers again, since 2005, his completion percentage has gone down every year. Okay, he had an outlier year in 2006 where he was averaging about 307 yards per game. On his career, he averages 250. That's what he got uh, this year, and that's where he was right around in 2015. He was right around 260. Mm -hmm. So Kirk is who he is. And uh, to even further that point, I've even gone back to look at his college numbers. Guess what? He's averaging about the same numbers a game. And Kirk and uh, Kirk right now averages about seven point I believe it's seven point seven yards per attempt per pass. In college, it was eight point one. So guess what? He's regressing there uh, statistically. Anyways, I, was, I guess uh, if you want to say, I was gonna say statistically, you, comparing college <laughs> numbers and pro numbers. Because if you think about it, Case Keenum in college is one of the most right. prolific college players of all time. And if you look at him in the pros, he's definitely regressed a lot. If you're doing just college numbers to pro numbers. Well, correct, but what my point is, what I'm what I'm trying to highlight with that, it's not so much looking at those numbers. It's just for me, the statistics are what they are. Kirk is who he is. Yeah. You know, 
He's got sixty in sixty-two games. He's got fifteen fumbles. So he's averaging almost one fumble lost. That's lost. Not just fumble total. That's actual loss. He's actually recovered a lot of his fumbles. So he's fumbled a lot and he recovered a bunch. You know, he's got a 4.7 TD ratio, 2.4 interception ratio. For those of you guys who want the simple math, that means for every two touchdowns he throws, he throws one interception on his attempts. Okay, so he's a two touchdown, one interception guy. He's going to turn the ball over. It's expected. He's been that way since he got his few starts in 2012 and 13 half the season in, or, you know, a part of the season of 14. And since he's been the full-time starter, he's been the same guy. He's in year seven. People are telling him we need more time. It's like, dude, you're not getting a, a freaking, I tweeted this out the other day. It's like Kirk Cousins is getting a QB doctorate in, in mediocrity. It's it's ridiculous. The, the amount of time that everyone's willing to with, uh, give this guy when his numbers show that he's the same guy, you know, his completion percentage went down the last three uh, years. You know what else went down our last three years? Our winning percentage. So, you know, the guy doesn't win enough for me. I don't know. I think there's a lot of different factors with that. And again, you did say his stats did tamper off Again, his Completion percentage went down. All that went down, but also the talent around him did go down. I mean, that's, there's no denying that. And Kirk Cousins was still able to put up some pretty good numbers with who we're talking Josh Doxon on the outside, who was an unknown you know, first-round guy, Give it, I'll give that, I was a first-round guy, and then Ryan Grant, the punchline of all of our jokes for years, and then, a, right. like, a 50-year-old tight end in there, and backup offensive alignment, and then to go with your, your thing on the fumbles, too, he had 11 fumbles this year alone, but again, that goes with 41 sacks with backup offensive line. We had Tyler Catalina out there at left tackle. We had, you know, Tony Bergstrom starting half the year at center. We didn't have very good offensive linemen in front of him. Now, again, I'm not trying to make all the excuses in the world, because... I do see the flaws with Kirk, and I completely agree with what you said where you say he is who he is, but I just value who he is right now higher than what you would. I value, I think he's an above-average quarterback, and I value an above-average quarterback right. for being who no, he I'm, is. And I'm yeah. not arguing that yeah. point with you, Zach. I'm not arguing that yeah. he's above-average. He's a good player, but that you know, if his contract, I want him to sign a long-term deal, mm-hmm. but if that's going to be reflective of being a slightly above average guy. If he's if he's requesting I gotta have the best contract for a quarterback that's ever been out there, it's like, man, come on. I don't know if you're old enough to know about the market bubble with the housing in two thousand seven, but essentially what happened is people were buying houses they couldn't afford and eventually it cost them those houses. You know, that's exactly what's happening here. This market is getting so crazy that people are having to pay such a ridiculous price that they can't afford the payments and then they lose everything from under them. I t- I'm, I'm giving you the advice back then that someone would have told you, hey, rent a few more years. <laughs> That's what I think we need to do in this Kirk Cousins situation. We need to rent a few more years. We need to get us a stopgap guy. Well, here, we'll, we'll jump into the contract talk in just a second. But first, I want to let you guys know, again, go on iTunes right now. Go follow Locked on Redskins, rate, review, and subscribe. We are doing awesome on there, guys. You guys are doing great with your reviews. I believe we are the fifth-rated Redskins podcast currently. So go on iTunes right now, guys. Click the subscription to Locked on Redskins. Keep it all going. And, you know, let's endure this long offseason, Kirk or not. So go on Locked on Redskins, iTunes. Right? Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. There. 
Now, I'm glad you brought the contract, though, because that was definitely something I want to talk about. Because, to me, the contract's not as huge a deal. Now, this year we paid him, what, $27 million, right? Was it 27? I think it was 24 or 27? I don't, I, whatever, 20, somewhere between like 25, 27. I believe it's 24, it's 24 this year. Next year on a transition tag, I believe it's 28 on a franchise tag. I believe it's 34, something along those lines. Gotcha. Just off the top of my head. Gotcha. So my, my whole thing with the contract, I think people are overblowing this because I think if you give them, say you give them a long-term deal, it'd be around what, 28, 29, maybe $30 million a year, right? Which is a ludicrous number. It is huge it really is but if you're thinking about it, we we paid him you know 24 25 million dollars this year for one year on the on the franchise tag right we have so many guys in this roster who just didn't contribute whatsoever this year you know you have your jordan reeds who didn't do anything this entire year who made 10 million dollars sitting on ir you had your you know your stacy mcgee's and your terrell mcclain's who really didn't do much and they're making six million dollars against the cap each whatever it is with their contracts i think i think the money is not that I don't want to say money's not a big deal, but I think that it's just overrated when it comes to terms of a team because you have like, you know, I feel like there's like 10 to $20 million on each team that's just not used throughout the year. Like the Redskins, for instance, this year had $52 million sitting on IR. $52 million sitting on IR, and we still went 7 to 9. That's why I think that, you know, paying him an extra $6 million a year than what we paid him this year. I think you can live with that, and I think you can live with that for an above-average quarterback. Okay, well, here's the thing with that $52 million on IR. You have guys like Arthur Jones, who count a million towards that, yeah. who didn't even play a snap. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you so, also have guys like Terrell Pryor, who we paid, what, $7 million this year for, like, five catches or something, a guy well, who was just nothing. As far as paying Kirk, the thing that I don't like, man, is most of these guys that have gotten deals, pretty much all of them, have already had some type of postseason success. And here's the ne- negative side, the, da- the downside of this uh, paying your quarterback these huge mega deals. I call them a mega deal. You know, anything $100 million and above within the last three or four years, uh, that's what I'm pretty much basing this conversation off of. And also the top, you know, five or six guys this mm-hmm. year, quarterback average. Talking about guys like Matt Stafford, Carr, Andrew Luck. His situation doesn't really count because he got injured. But still, I bet you they wish they had part of that 24.5 back. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Pretty much all, all of those guys, I tweeted this out the other day, all of these teams that got these deals within the next two years regressed. So after this guy got the deal, every team pretty much that did it, I looked at like five or six guys, the top five or six, Kirk excluded because obviously he hasn't gotten his long-term deal, but every team has had less wins the next year or two. The most steady one was actually the Seahawks, but they actually structured his contract for Wilson really smartly where they did a lot of bonuses. So he had like a seven million cap hit, and like a fourteen million cap hit. So they structured his deal so smartly where they could actually still add the talent around him. You know, could we do that? I I would love to see it happen. Do I have faith in Bruce? No, Eric. Yes, <laughs> but you know, we're we're Bruce Dabbles. Who knows? So uh, do I have faith in us to negotiate a smart deal that Kirk will accept? That's the other side of it. Is yeah. Kirk gonna take the deal? See, I, I get your point of view where you're looking at the stats like that, where you know you give the guy the contract and the team regresses and wins. But I mean, are we also look at the side of like the point of view because you know this rarely happens. But like where they don't give the guy a contract, do you think their wins go up the next year at all, or the next two years, or the next? I mean, my my overall thing is okay. Sure, they went down in wins, right? When you pay these big quarterback contracts, but. I don't know. I just think the risk of losing them when you don't have a top pick coming in, too. I mean, we have a 13th overall pick. It's just the risk of losing an above-average quarterback to basically go into the year with a Colt McCoy type, with a, 
with a jo- it could be a Josh Allen type with a 13th pick. I mean, we don't know who's going to be there at 13. May- right. Looks like Mayfield and, and Jackson. Yeah, you know, you don't, who knows if Mayfield or Jackson are going to be there, and even if the Redskins would want those guys. It's just, uh, I, I don't know. Like, my big thing is, is there's so much uncertainty with his replacement. But to kind of go into a little, still more contract talk, though, is like Matt Ryan, for instance, right? A guy that we always compare him to. He got a pretty big deal. I mean, back in back in 2013, he got a five-year, $103 million contract. And this is Matt Ryan, who Matty Choke Artist, basically, is what we all call him back then. Remember, remember, when, he, remember when he was the choke artist in the NFL? He was the, the big choker, and now he, he obviously still is because of the Super Bowl last year. But, or yeah, I mean, we still call him the choke artist, but he got a pretty big deal. His cap hit the last couple of years has been over $20 million. But they still made it to the Super Bowl. You can still win with these guys. And then remember... The, the market goes up every single year, right? So Kirk getting paid 28 to $30 million a year this year will look like chump change when Winston, Mariota, Dak, Wentz, all these guys get paid. It's going to look like chump change when they get paid. And I know you're going to have to endure it for another year or two. But like look at Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers' contract too, for instance. Look how much of a discount that is right now. That is the biggest discount in the NFL right now is his contract. Right. But you're also... Talking both of those contracts, I believe Rodgers was signed in 2013. They're both in 2013, um, I think. Yeah, so I yeah. mean, those those aren't the new contracts, man. That's why they're on the tail end of those older contracts. These are these new contracts are it's uh, what's his name got 15 million dollars to be a backup on the Bears, man. Yeah, the, the the market is just ridiculous. Some of these guys that you mentioned, yeah, they're values, but they have old deals. The deals yeah. aren't that good now. You know the deals aren't that team friendly, and I'm I'm looking at guys like Stafford or Carr. You know, Carr just got his deal. Mm-hmm. You know, he went through that little injury recovery thing, so you might expect a little regression, anyways. But you know, I'm sure they would like a little bit of that money to help out. For me, that 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 sweet spot is you know twenty to twenty four million. If you're paying more than twenty four million, you're really handcuffing your team. You're paying t- uh, too much for one position. You know, because that's not even one position. That's just one player. What if that guy goes down and you're like the Colts? You know, you got 15% tied up in your cap and Kirk and Kirk gets blasted by whoever's playing left guard, you know, and then and then we, we got, you know, Colt McCoy coming in and we, we still got to swallow Kirk's contract. You know, we can't afford a, a, a good backup where we can hope to go on a run like a Keenum or a Foles or God forbid a Sudfeld if that happens. Who yeah. knows what would happen to this fan base? Yeah. But my thing is, more recently, these deals, most of them have been restructured, man. Like Drew Brees, they had to get rid of Jimmy Graham to try to keep this whole cap space under under wraps and get that all figured out. And then they said, you know, we got to redo your deal, man. They redid Drew Brees' deal, and they had a couple years, you know, seven and nine, which around here is, you know, Super Bowl trophy worthy. You put a make it out of paper mache and stick it next to the Super Bowl trophies or something. I don't know. These contracts, man, they're poison pills. You, your team has one. You're you're gonna regress. You're gonna get less losses. And you say, you know, is a is a replacement gonna get us less losses? I think so. But I think we're gonna get less losses with the contract. You know, we got 54 million in cap space. Let's just say five million for uh, rookies because yeah. that's about the average for the draft class. So you're about 49. Her cousin contract. Let's just say 26. So now you're at 23. Zach Brown six to eight. Let's just say six. Now you're at what 17 million. Mm-hmm. You got to sign. You got to sign another twenty plus guys, and keep in mind for reference, Arthur Jones makes a million. He didn't do anything, so you got to sign you know almost twenty guys with twenty plus million dollars. You might be able to redo a deal or two with Kerrigan, Trent, Jano, if you want to do that. 
But you're looking at losing guys like Long, Breland, you know, Mason Foster, Will Compton, both free agents. Uh, Trent Murphy, free agent. Ryan Grant, free agent. You know, we got so many guys between free agency and injury. This is going to be a whole new team anyways, man. If we got a whole new team and we got to swallow the quarterback poison pill, whew, you know, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. That's going to be a tough, tough battle. That's yeah. an uphill battle. I understand from that point of view, but my, my thing is to kind of go with what you've been saying about, you know, being mediocre with Kirk. It's like these guys have all been around for Kirk's tenure too. I mean – you know, you sign Kirk, but you lose these guys who have helped us get to mediocrity. Is it really that bad a thing? You're moving on from, from mediocre guys. I mean, Breland, he's a good corner, but is he really going to push needle for your team? No. Spencer Long, you have a good replacement coming up with him who's younger. Mason Foster and Will Compton, do they really push the needle? I, I know what you're saying about these guys, obviously. But, I mean, again, they led us to mediocrity, just like what you've been saying about Kirk there. Well, just players in general. What I'm saying is just players in general, man. We have, I believe, between the outside linebackers and inside linebackers, there's only four guys under contract. Mm-hmm. So we're going to need four guys either way. That's going to cost you three or four million, even for role player type guys. You know, Zach, you're not going to sign Zach Vigil for less than a million dollars a year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So these guys are going to take up just money just to naturally rebuild the roster. I agree that they've been mediocre. And I'm not arguing to sign, re-sign all those guys. Yeah. To be honest, I'm cool with re-signing Zach Brown, letting Breland walk. I want to keep Spencer Long. I think Long and Rouye can finalize that top five for us with Trent, Rouye, Long. Between the, those two figuring out left guard and center, whoever's better at which, start them there. Then, of course, Scherf and Moses. Hopefully all these guys can get together and get healthy, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, this vegan diet or whatever they got on has got them weak or something, man. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They don't look like hogs. Um, but I think it's just, I think the re, the, the replacement plan is going to get you around the same result as keeping Kirk and getting downset. I understand your talk about the three years later it's going to look like a great deal. But the fact of the matter is most of these deals are four- to five-year deals with three-year outs anyways. So most of the deal, these deals are three years anyways. And then if Kirk get some kind of out he's going to want another deal at that point regardless my thing is and i don't know i I don't think i've ever gotten your take on this zach is i think kirk would take less to go somewhere else no i I don't think he will i i I think the point of view that he's just fed up with this organization is a tad overblown i don't think he'll take less mainly because a quarterback of i'm not gonna say his caliber like it's an elite caliber but a quarterback of his caliber hitting the open market with quarterback-hungry league, quarterback-hungry teams, there's going to be a bidding war for him, man. It, it, let it be like the Jaguars, the Browns, the Jets, the Broncos, the Cardinals. There's going to be... So why wouldn't he want that? Why do you, think, do you think he wants to see what else is out there and then give us the chance to match it? Or do you think he wants to come back and say, you know, okay, guys, uh, I got offered $120 million, you know, 28 per. You guys match it, I'm yours. Or do you think he wants to go out there and say, hey, you know what, the Jags offered me this? Or What, what do you think Kirk is really going to do? That's what I, I kind of want to get your take on. I think the only thing that would keep him wanting to come back would be how much he's thrived in Jay Gruden's system, honestly, and staying with Jay, and how the organization has kind of been backing Jay regardless through these years, which we've already talked about Jay. But I think him being wanting to stay with Jay, I think he would give the Redskins the opportunity. I just... I doubt that Bruce and all them, if they even let him, if they let him hit the market, I doubt that they would match anything. There's no chance they would. 
Well, I mean, I don't think I don't think they would let him hit the market. They would have to transition tag him and yeah. see if they want to match it. But then they're forfeiting that potential pick. Yeah, yeah. But um, sure. I think if he hits the market, he's as good as gone. Yeah. You know, I don't. I think he would take twenty four million to go play in Jacksonville or Denver. But I don't think he would take twenty four million from us. Just the disrespect over the course of time, you know, coming in, being RG3's backup, Dan not believing in him. You got to remember, this is a guy who was losing out to Colt at one point. He yeah. almost, he was almost on the practice bubble, or he was on the cut bubble that what that last year where we had all three quarterbacks here with uh, Griffin or whatever. But yeah, he was on the bubble. People don't remember that he was getting beat out by Colt at one point, you know. And then it came out where Jay said, "We just need a guy who can do the basics." You know, we play uh, Kirk in there, who's really good at the basics. He's really good short. He's really good intermediate um, with his occasional dirt ball or throw right into a defender's hands. You know, uh, he's he's good there. Like you said, he's above average. Yeah, I but mean, now I think I think that's replaceable though. I think you can find guys who can throw five or ten yard screens or outs or dump offs. You know, Chris Thompson was our best weapon. I think that was maximizing our talent and Kirk's. You know, getting the ball short, let Chris do the work. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't disagree there. And I think another thing that we won't disagree on is the Redskins, as an organization, really, really missed their opportunity a couple years ago when he was yes. first in the market when they could have signed him for, well, he was asking for like 18 back then, I think, and they were offering him 14, 15. Right. Yeah, I think, it was yeah. Nine, I think it was 19 or something, something like that. I, yeah. I know he turned down an offer. I don't, he turned I don't down, know. I think There's, it was. There so many rumors. Yeah, I think he turned down, a, uh, they offered him 14 or 15. When he would have accepted eighteen or nineteen was the was the alleged rumor, and I mean they definitely missed their shot there. But we're going to jump into potential replacements here to finish off today's podcast. But guys, just remember it is the off season now, so the shows will be cutting back a little bit. We won't be as releasing as many shows a week as we have been, but we're gonna, we're still going to have great content for you. Now this off season, I've had this awesome plan where we're going to have one writer or one fan from each fan base across the NFL come on here at least one one show throughout the off season. We're going to talk about their off season plan what they're looking forward to, and, and also their take on the Redskins organization in general. So it would be awesome to see some different perspectives there. So, guys, if you have any other ideas for any other off-season shows, please let me know. But I'm really excited about this show here. We'll probably get that kicked off with the Browns and Colts guys coming on. So be sure to unlock on Redskins for this off-season for all that cool, awesome content. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, another big debate that I have when it comes to Kirk Cousins, though, is who are you going to replace him with? So you give me, who do you think you can replace Kirk Cousins with? And the offense won't miss a beat. Well, I think it's going to be miss a beat regardless whether Kirk stays or goes, personally. I think my my main target as a replacement, it's a multi-pronged approach, to be honest with you. Uh, What I would do is I would sign a stopgap quarterback i'm really going to monitor that minnesota situation i'm looking at teddy bridgewater i think he's going to be the odd man out just because he is somewhat of an injury unknown so he's going to be a low risk guy i think we can sign him a little bit cheaper than he would be if a bradford hit the market so i like that savings aspect and uh before he got hurt he was really good short intermediate his numbers are pretty much mirror kirk's um but he was actually never 
really given the uh, proper deep threat. His deep balls, he's not known for his deep passes, but neither is Kirk and neither is his offense. You know, we like to kill you with it, hit it here and there, and then it, it looks really pretty when we do hit it the one or two times a game. But uh, I think Teddy could thrive in this offense. I'd keep Colt as a backup, let those two guys figure it out. If Teddy, uh, Teddy looks good, Teddy looks like Teddy, roll with him for that year with a rookie on the uh, bench. I think from 13, we're in a pretty good spot to trade up. I know a lot of people are against it because of the previous failures of trading up, but uh, I like to remind people there's been previous failures trading back also. So I think you find your guy for Jay. Get Jay his guy, whoever that is, you know, move up to the top, you know, 10, top 8, whoever's fallen that uh, Jay still likes on the board, you know, let Jay know, hey, this is your guy, we're trying to we're trying to get this thing right, you know, so you finally get your guy. Jay's been given that extension, that'll buy him a little bit more time uh, with the stopgap guy and the rookie and Colt ball in play, right all three, see, see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of Teddy Bridgewater, but my thing is when... I think when you look at Minnesota as their team, right, you have one injury-prone quarterback who's going to cost you around $20 million a year. You have one guy who's never really done it before who's going to cost you around 20 to $25 million a year with Case Keenum. But then you have, you know, uh, even though Bridgewater is injury-prone himself because of that one big injury, he's going to cost you 10 to 15 And they also really like Kyle Slaughter, who's already on the team. I don't think they're going to let Bridgewater go. I think it's going to be Bridgewater and Slaughter are going to be coming back. I think the other two are going to hit the market. And then when you look at the other stop gaps that are out there, I mean, McCown's probably going back to the Jets in some kind of capacity. Then you're left with, what, Case Keenum, Matt Moore, Colt McCoy. Just not... No, not, way, no way they get rid of Keenum, man. I think after they do. The role, after the role that he went on with them, they're going to... Bradford, Bradford is, was their guy when, uh, when Teddy Bridgewater went down. They were kind of just holding on to Bradford, or uh, Bridgewater just kind of for sentimental value it seemed like and now he's healthy so he, he's he's really a high risk man we really don't know what's going to go on with him i don't think they're going to sacrifice the guy who got him a 10-win season just to keep bradford around for that story you know no i mean, oh, I, I, I mean that's okay to disagree on I guess. yeah 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 I, it's something to definitely disagree on but again my my big argument with the people who want to get rid of kirk was like okay give me a great plan i, I like the bridgewater plan but the problem is it just relies too much on him actually being available, and I, I and you know, in my opinion, I don't think he's going to be available. Obviously, we can differ on that. We'll see when the offseason right. goes. But you know, if, if he's not available, say Kate, say Keenum hits the market, I, I think we can both agree we don't want Keenum for around twenty to twenty five million dollars a year, right? No, no, yeah. no, yeah. no. Don't want Keenum no, for that much. No, no, no. We, we don't want Bradford. I don't even like the Alex Smith idea. People are throwing yeah. around Alex Smith at twenty five million, and I'm like, guys, that's the same. That's the same issue. Yeah, it'd be a nice, great fit, but we take that $25 million contract, we're really putting a lot of faith in Bruce and whoever, Doug, or whoever these guys are to find talent and hit on pretty much every single hit. I, I don't think this team can be built around a $25 million contract right now. I think we need to allocate our assets elsewhere, you know, build ourselves a team that's ready to thrive when we can get a quarterback and hopefully use our draft assets to move up and get somebody who's going to be ready in one or two years where some of these contracts that we just signed on defense or, you know, finalizing and getting a wide receiver next to Dachshund or a running back, you know, that we consider a worker horse or whatever the case is. If these guys even want to sign here, um, that's a whole other issue. But I just don't think this team is built around swallowing a $25 million contract right now, no matter who it is. And yeah, I, I completely understand that. Uh, it's not really an anti-Kirk argument. It's just an anti, 
you know, paying that much for one position. I, and I completely respect that and I understand it. Uh, in my opinion, the replacement plan will come down to one of three players. And I want to hear your take on this because I've been thinking about it for a while now. It's going to either be Colt McCoy, a rookie quarterback, or it's going to be A.J. McCarron. And those are the those are the three options. So, what what would you would you be okay with AJ McCarron on like a ten to fifteen million dollars a year deal? I mean, yeah, we'd have to give up we'd have to give up something for him too because he's a restricted free agent. You know, well, we could give up that third round pick that we get for you know that's about what McCarron is worth to me. I think we can get. I mean, granted, he's still relatively unknown. I think McCarron gets thrown around a lot simply because he's. uh, He's got that Cincinnati tie yeah. to, to Jay. He to, does. You know, Jay was obviously there. I don't think Jay was there when they drafted him, though, which is odd. I don't know for sure on that one. I don't believe he was there when they drafted him. I think McCarron's in his third year. But either way, I think McCarron for 10 or 15, I think that's a better option than you know 25-plus for some other quarterback. You know, 15 million is you know three, four pretty good players in the NFL or solid role players. This team has so many holes, you know, 23 free agent, uh, unrestricted and restricted combined. And then you got 20 plus guys on IR. So we got a lot of guys who are either, you know, hurt and leaving or hurt and coming back. And then we got guys who aren't hurt that are leaving. So, you know, it's, you know, swallowing $25 million is putting a lot of faith in Bruce to just hit a home run, hit a grand slam at every single pick, you know. And I, I just don't think that the history has shown that this team can do it. You know, optim- with the, my optimism glasses on, yeah, I'd love to see it happen. Um, but the realist, hey, Redskins realist, uh, <laughs> I don't see that really happening. I don't see that coming to fruition. Is it a great idea? Is it a lovely story? Yeah, it's great. I'd love to tell my grandkids about it if it actually happens. Chances are this team has shown that I'm not going to be sharing that story with my grandkids. No, I mean, I completely get it. And again, I'm, I'm glad I had you on today, too, because I think what we can kind of come to at the end here is neither of us are right, neither of us are wrong. You have your opinion on, on how you value the position, not just Kirk himself, and I have my value. I mean, that's kind of what this whole talk came, kind of comes down to here. I mean, neither one of us is going to be right or wrong. Neither of us is going to have to get heated or, or fight about it because at the end of the day, the Redskins are going to make their decision. If the Redskins move on from Kirk, I'm going to start evaluating quarterbacks more, and I'm going to start looking more into free agents. If they keep Kirk, I'll be looking into other positions, other draft guys they can find. I mean, it's not, it's not the end so of the I, world I either get way. This from you is Kirk is McCarron your guy if Kirk doesn't come back or if we can't keep Kirk? Oh, I don't is have that the guy you'd look to sign or oh, I don't know. Are I don't. you still hasn't even look at other guys because you're just so adamant on hoping Kirk stays? No, I don't have any other guy. I I honestly have no freaking clue what to do with Kirk Lee's because. In my opinion, I don't think McCarron's really shown much to be a good NFL starter. I don't think Case Keenum. I would want Case Keenum at that money. I, th- I would like Bridgewater, but you know, I think so. Keenum's, your eggs. You know, so all your eggs are in the Kirk basket, though. It's got to be. Got to be careful with that. No, Zachary. no. All my eggs are in the pray that a decent quarterback falls to thirteen basket. Is what we got to do. If Kirk leaves, we okay. basically. I think if Kirk leaves, what we have to do, which you won't hear me say much because I'm not a huge fan of this guy. You have to roll into the draft with the idea that Colt is your starter next year. And you have to roll into the draft with the idea that you're not going to win more than one game with him because he's horrible. And then you have to <laughs> and then you have to hope that one of Jay's guys is there at 13 and if one of those guys isn't there, you got to take a flyer on a mid-round guy that Jay likes. And I think that's what that's that's what I would do with Kirkley's. Kirkley's keep Colt as your starter. And then if Mayfield or Jackson falls at 13 and Jay likes him, take him. If he doesn't like them, 
wait until the mid-round, give Jay somebody that he likes. And then Jay won't have any more excuses, too, because he finally would have somebody that he likes that he drafted. Right, right. I, I agree. I think we should get a quarterback either way, though. Kirk stays or Kirk goes. People forget Aaron Rodgers rode the bench for a long time. A lot of people now say he's one of the best uh, to do it. So I think that might there might be something to that. I think we should get one either way. Let him ride the pine for a little bit and learn. Oh, there was something else to your other point. It's on the tip of my tongue right now. But, yeah, I think either way, man, if we get a quarterback, get a young guy, Jay's out of excuses. You know, yeah. he gets his chance. But – I don't think I don't think Kirk's irreplaceable, man. I think yeah. you know. I think with Kirk coming back, we're not going to be able to build much of a roster. I think five wins. I think with Colt, we could get five wins if we build the roster up around him with that extra cap. I mean, for for Pete's sake, you know, Josh McCowan had a five win team with the Jets, yeah. so it's not it's not impossible. It's not like we're going to fall off the face of the earth, and you know we're going to forfeit all the next sixteen games if we lose Kirk. Not saying you're saying that, but I know you've seen some of those funny tweets that have been going around. Some yeah. of these people, you know, crying in letters and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, but hey, I'm we, just ready for the saga to be over, man. Hey, man, we've seen it the other way, though. We've seen some people say Colt McCoy is a better option for this offense than Kirk, and he would have got us to 10, 11, 12 wins this year. So, we've seen the crazies on both sides for sure. Yeah, 100%, man. Those people are, are insane in the midbrain, also. Yep, they are, man. So, I had a blast having you on today. We went a little further than, than typical with this, but any last words before we call the show? No, man, thanks again. Appreciate having me, and uh, it was nice to vent this verbally instead of uh, broken up into 280-character <laughs> tweets. Hey, way better than, than 140. Having the 280 is way better than 140. You got it, man. <laughs> All right, thanks again for coming on, man. Uh, guys, I am Zach Hicks, your host, as always. You can find my work on Breaking Football and the Breaking the Draft podcast with John Valencia, and I'll catch you guys later. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.